believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. Because Christ came and died for sinners, for in Adam all sin and die, but in the second Adam we are saved by grace. So it is the sin nature that we receive from Adam. It's the sin nature that brought death on the human race. It's the sin nature that brought death on the universe, Romans 8 tells us. Thus, the law of entropy, the universe is expanding while dying at the same time. It is the sin nature from our literal head, Adam and Eve, that brought that. And that's why we say no instead of yes when we're two years old. That's why we rebel against God. We rebel against authority. That's why we're born sinners. And that's why we need the Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we are born sinners. If there's not a real Adam then the author of death is not man and our head, but it's God. But God is not the author of death. Adam, the head of our race, is the author of death with his wife Eve. And that's why we die. God is not the author of death or the pseudoscience of Darwinism. It's demented. Survival of the fittest is cruel. It's demented. And it's completely contrary to the statement, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Because that is darkness. Watching hyenas attack a lion and kill it is darkness. Watching lions devour an antelope is darkness to me. It's ugly. I couldn't watch it on Mutual of Omar's Wild Kingdom as a kid. I can't watch it now. I feel sad when I see a bird die. God is not the author of death. He is the author of life and the head of our race. Adam brought sin into the world when he and Eve rebelled against God. Thus, all sin in Adam and the wages of sin is death. So what we need to understand, the problem in our universe, the problem on this planet right now is not human government. Most of us know this. The problem is the sin nature. And man is always looking for excuses to change sin, give it new names, to somehow blame God for sin and make him the author of sin. But let God be true and every man a liar. We are sinners. Our neighbors are sinners. We're saved by grace. They have to be saved by grace. And that's the way it works. In Adam, all sin. And in Adam, all die. So... When you go away to college and you go out in the real world and people mock at you because you believe in a young earth, just rejoice because they're persecuting you for righteousness sake and they're persecuting you for Jesus name's sake. And don't forget when they asked Jesus about divorce, he said, have you not read how he made them male and female a literal head of the race? Their gender identified by God, their marriage defined by God, origin, gender, the family unit. And what have we watched attack since you kids came in the world, you teenagers? Your origin, your gender, and the family unit. Man can 
shake his sinful hand at the Lord and fist and finger all he wants. But know this, God is true and every man's a liar. And God is light and has no darkness at all. Trust me and you'll thank me when we're in glory in eternity that you heard the glorious gospel preached here. A young earth, all in Adam's sin, and Christ is the second Adam who saves us from our sin. You will thank me on the day of Christ Jesus. Now, you might be upset with me for other things, but know this. I have declared to you the whole counsel of God. And I'm going to lay my life down for it because it's getting more hostile toward this worldview, which is God's word. But the hostility against God's word is always there anyways. So, a literal creation, a literal head of the race who brought sin into the world, and thus we all sin. Now, the wage of sin is death. Because look what it says here. Again, the context historically was a criminal who's going to be executed for capital punishment. But it's used to speak of Christ. So now it says that the wages of sin is death. Now, in this text, it says the one who sins will die. So this is the gospel again, because all have sinned, Romans 3.23, Romans Road 6.23, and the wage of sin is death. What's it say here? If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, he is put to death. And so we are born under the death sentence. Now, we know for a fact that we're dying. We know that for a fact. I mean, we're going to die. You, you can get to, you can be super strong, have great genes, like in the genetic gene pool, and be pretty fit like my dad at 91. But dad is dying. We're under a death sentence. What do we always say? Death and taxes, the two surest things in the human experience. That's why they've proven true in my life. We're dying. So even when we're growing like you beautiful young people, you're dying. It's in you to die. You will die. You will tap out at a certain point of your beauty and your physical strength, and then you'll begin entropy. Entropy wins with everybody. The second law of thermodynamics is the death sentence upon the universe, upon planets, stars, galaxies, and upon our human bodies. We are dying. The terrestrial body is what we have right now. Now, in Christ, we get a celestial body that's in glory and immortal. But this body is dying. And when you think about the death, the death is threefold. We talk about this. We're born separated from God. So there's a spiritual death. We're born to die because we're going to die. In, and what does it say about Adam? It's there in Genesis. You know what it says? Adam died. My God said he would. We all die with very few exceptions, except Enoch and Elijah. So that death, he was expelled from God's presence. Thus his descendants, Cain and Abel, and then Seth, they were not born in the fellowship with God that Adam had in the garden, with Adam and Eve had with the father in the garden. They were born separate. So they, didn't, they weren't born with the spirit alive in them to have that spiritual relationship. Because what did Jesus say to the woman at will? The day is coming now is when you will worship God in spirit and in truth, not here or there. He was talking about being born again through faith in him. God is spirit. And so when Adam and Eve sinned as the head of our race, that death of the spiritual life was passed on to us. So none of them were born are born spiritually alive that way in the cognitive relationship with God that Adam and Eve had. And this is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, Very, verily I say unto you, unless a man is born again, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, well, will a man go back in his mother's womb? He says, no, 
That which of the flesh is flesh, your first birth, but that which of the spirit is spirit, your second birth. Do not marvel that I tell you that you must be born again. There must be a second birth. And that's why John chapter 1 says, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Not born of the flesh, not born of love, not born of the will of man, but born of God by the Spirit. We are born spiritually dead. We are dying physically. And then the threefold element, the triune nature of death, is we're headed for eternity, and eternal death is to be in outer darkness, separated from God for all eternity, which Jesus clearly taught is hell, which he taught on more than he did heaven. So we have a triune death we're born into. We're born spiritually dead, we're facing physical death, and an eternal death of separation with God. When Jesus came into the world, he said that the light came into the world, but men love darkness, and they don't come to the light. Then he said something very interesting. He said, don't think that I came into the world to condemn it. The world is already condemned. I came to save it. This whole world out here in this mad, mad world that is just spinning out of control in insanity was born in death, separated from God. They don't have the capacity apart from faith in God to make proper decisions with the fear of God because the fear of the Lord is being of wisdom and those who reject Christ are lacking the wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord. So their humanity trying to govern themselves not under his governance. They're choosing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, aren't they? Rather than the tree of life. But what's the choice of the church? We choose the tree of life. Jesus is life. He gives abundant life. He gave his life to give us life. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So if a man sins and is deserving of death, he'll die. And we know with the sin nature, we are born sinners and we are under the death sentence and we will die. Now, we talk about missing the mark and I've talked about this before, but society makes a distinction between a rapist, a murderer, and a kidnapper from a shoplifter and a car thief. And you think car thief's a pretty big deal, but Cousin Jimmy's arrested people that have stolen cars and he's got to let them go. They just take the car back. There's nowhere to put them. They, right? It's crazy how lawless everything has become. I, it's crazy. But we do draw a distinction between, you know, they have the different bracelets at the Santa Ana jail that represent, like, what type of level of criminal you are, like how violent you are. So they kind of know. But we have a distinction of the criminality and the, the offenses. We have misdemeanors. You're riding your skateboard, walking your dog, and smoking weed on the pier. No one's going to give you a ticket for that, but that would be a misdemeanor. You're not supposed to smoke publicly in Huntington Beach. That's a misdemeanor. But then, again, you shoot at somebody, or you have a big riot like the flash mob last weekend, 110 people arrested. Did you see that? That was crazy. Last Saturday night, that was insane. Police helicopters everywhere. You got arrested. Your name's in the paper. We know where you're from. It's a little bit higher level of criminality. But you broke the law in both cases. Society makes a distinction. But with God, again, to miss the mark, you're guilty of all. So the death, there's not different degrees of death. Like, okay, well, you're, you just, uh, you're smoking weed on the pier with your, riding your skateboard or your bike when they told you not to after hours. Hell's not as bad for you. Um, you're not really, like, you get to maybe go to purgatory. But this person who 
kidnapped, raped, and murdered somebody, they're, they're going to be in, they're, they're really going to the deepest, darkest place. Actually, you're either in or you're not. You're either in the kingdom or you're not. You either have all the eternal life or you have none of the eternal life. And this illustration became so clear when my son Timothy was at college at Cal Maritime with the flag system. It was a pass-fail, and as a maritime captain, you have to know every single flag when they fly from a ship, what it means. The distress, need aid, whatever. There's about 50 different flags a ship can fly in the open seas, and you have to know what every one of those flags mean. And he had a test where if you get 49 right and one wrong, you fail the class, and it would set you back a whole year because it's all staggered how you do it with that specific major that he had with maritime transportation. So it didn't matter if you just forgot one flag or 49 flags. <laughs> you failed. And that's the way death is with sin. The wages of sin is death. We make distinctions of misdemeanors and felons and violent criminals. The way God's law works, you either keep it all or you're done. In fact, in the book of James, it says this. This is awesome. Just for all those people who think, well, you know, I'm pretty good. might go good for me. But in the book of James, let me get there right now. Chapter 2, it says this. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. You either get all the flags or just that one flag that you don't get, it sinks your ship. You're done. That's how it works. Sin is sin, guilt is guilt, and death is death. And before we move on, from this, this is something I've been thinking a lot about with application. People know they're going to die. They don't like to think about it. They know they're going to die. Most rational people realize, I've lived 90 years, I'm eventually going to die, or 100 years. Most rational people admit that people generally aren't seeking after the Lord. So the two evidences that we can see on this side of eternity in time, space, and matter of death, and the evidence of what the Scripture declares about humanity, we can see with our own eyes. We have evidence to give us faith to believe that final third element of eternal death is waiting for all humanity. We know people don't seek the Lord. We know people are going to die. Those are two elements of the threefold death sentence. And those two things we can see in time, space, and matter. And they're a warning to us and an exhibit A to us that the third element of eternal death is waiting for all those who step into eternity without Christ Jesus. And this is why we are moved with compassion for the lost. This is why we do feed the orphans and Take care of the widows. This is why we are trying to advance the gospel. This is why we do have love and empathy for immigrants and illegal immigrants and refugees and scattered strangers all over the planet. This is why. See, when Christ gives us, makes us alive and we're born of the Spirit, we can see these things. We become spiritually discerning. We're not like what Jesus said to Peter. You're not mindful of the things of the Spirit. There's the natural man, there's the carnal man, and there's the spiritual man. And the spiritual man, the spiritual woman, is a woman who's born again of the Holy Spirit who is yielded to the Lord. And that woman can discern light and darkness, right and wrong, truth and falsehood. And so can that man. But the natural man, the natural woman that you work with, live next door to, apart from Christ, they can't. They know they're going to die. They know they're not seeking the Lord. Or the religion they've chosen or philosophy they've chosen isn't working. And yet, they're willing to just not even think about their soul in eternity. We need to think about our soul in eternity and what we're doing in time before we get to eternity. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You should fear hell. I fear hell. 
We should fear standing before the Lord. I fear standing before the Lord in a good way, and so should you. Our grace is not a cheap grace. Deserving of death, he's put to death, and you hang him on a tree. So we're born sinners, and we deserve to die for our sins. But here comes the glorious gospel again, where it says in the last part of this passage in Deuteronomy, for he who is hanged is accursed of God. And this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus was accursed for us, you and me. He was accursed for us. He hung on that tree in our place, accursed for us. Think about that. Sinful nature, death sentence, spiritual, physical, eternal. And Christ, in the fullness of time, came into the world, born of a woman under the law, and lived the perfect sinless life, and died an unjust death, so you and I don't have to be cursed on a tree. That's how he died for on the tree. And that that curse is so real is evident when Jesus says concerning the Father, who he had always had relationship with, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When Deuteronomy tells us that curse is a person who hangs on a tree, that's just the forerunner, the prelude, the shadow of what would really happen. Jesus on the cross, a curse with all the sin of the world upon him for you and I. For the, lay, the Lord, it says in Isaiah 53, has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And he was accursed for you and I. And because he was accursed, we are redeemed. In Romans chapter 5, what this means really plays out for us with this wording. So let me read to you. For in one man sin into the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men. And he goes on to say in Romans 5, verse 16, For judgments which came from the offense resulting in condemnation, that is through Adam, we're all guilty. But through Christ, the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 17. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the one who's cursed hanging on a tree. The free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. This is theology, WG. This is the glorious gospel of grace. Paul would write to the Ephesians, For by grace you have been saved, that through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And he would say in chapter 6, verse 23 of Romans, which I've been quoting already, but for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You see, he gives us abundant life. Our spirit's made alive. We're born again. We're still going to die physically. We're facing that. We all still face that. But remember, when facing death, David said a thousand years before Christ, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So for us, when we face death, it's a shadow. It's not the substance. Remember, we're going to trestles. We're going surfing at lowers. Here comes the train. We're standing right by it in the afternoon, evening time. The train's going by. Whew, it's loud. It's moving. It's a freight train that's going fast. Or maybe it's a surf liner. It's really moving, and you're standing right there. You're three feet from the track. It's humming. Don't stand three feet from the track. Five feet. It's humming. It's wailing, and you're right there, and it's shaking. It's so loud. It's going by so fast, but it's the shadow that you're in, not the substance. The shadow is over you, but the substance is passing you. So, yes, we have to face death, but when we face it, 
Christ is coming for us to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. When Stephen was dying, he saw Jesus coming for him. It's just like, well, there it is, a freight train of eternity. It's the shadow going by you, but it's not hitting you. It's not the substance. It's the shadow. Your unbelieving friends, your mocking relatives, that train smacks them for all eternity with no second chance. But you and I, through faith in Jesus Christ, declared righteous through who he is and what he's done for us, I will fear no evil. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And he's coming for us, just like he did for Stephen. It's just a shadow, WG. For the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So we have the eternal life because we have the abundant life. We're made alive through faith in Jesus. Yeah, we're going to get the shadow of that train going by. We will face the grave. We all have to, unless the trumpet sounds for us with the return of the Lord. But in eternity, we go from glory to glory. It's not yet revealed, but when he comes in his glory, we will be in his glory. This terrestrial must put on celestial. We have to put on the eternal glory. And we're going to have glorified bodies in eternity. Billy Graham's not going to look 100 in eternity, and neither are you. You're going to be your full glorified body, what was intended even when you pass through your journey of time, space, and matter in this thing we call life. I won't look like this in eternity. My son that died in the womb won't look like he looked when I held him in my arms. Jesse won't look like that in eternity. He'll be in his glory, even as I'll be in my glory, and you will be in your glory. I've had two dreams of the kingdom with glory, and I'm sure they're both in the Lord. And what I saw was glory. So here's a concluding thought that's really important. If a man sins, deserving of death, and then you put him to death, but curses one hangs on the tree. So Jesus did that for us, but not just to save us, but to assure us. And this is what I want you to leave with here tonight. Jesus did that to assure us. In 1 John chapter 5, John the Apostle said this. I have written these things to you who believe in his name, in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. It is a gift we've received that you may know. So from the youngest in here tonight who confess Christ to the oldest in here tonight who confess Christ, I want you as an ambassador of Christ and a minister of the gospel, just being a conduit of the word, that you would know that you have eternal life. See, this is the glorious gospel because under the curse, you might think you've kept the law. You're not sure if you have that one thing going against you, but you're feeling pretty good. But you could never know. And that's world religion. You could never know you're saved. You just never know. Buddha doesn't give assurance. Muhammad doesn't give assurance. It's fatalistic. Oh, it's the will of Allah. Like, what's the will of Allah? Fatalism? Human philosophies? Do you think Marx gives assurance? Did Stalin give the Soviet Union assurance? Khrushchev? Did Hitler give the Germans assurance? Bonhoeffer had assurance because he was under Christ in faith. These things I've written that you could be, he would know that you have eternal life. So in all this craziness around us, the steady compass is cursed is him who hangs from a tree. Christ became a curse for us that he might redeem us from the curse of the law. Christ on the cross isn't so we can be uncertain about our purpose, 
our destination, our calling, our eternal glory. His positional righteousness given to us through faith in him is based upon who he is when he took the curse. It's not based upon us being under the curse. It's based upon him being the perfect substitute for the curse. So that righteousness is imputed to us. And these things I've written, say John, that you would know that when you have the son, you have eternal life and you keep on believing. So WG, we give thanks and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of this church, who has called us to the upward glorious upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That yes, we did sin and we do sin. And yes, we are deserving of death. But even better, yes, Christ became a curse for us, having died in our place to justify us. And as it says in Romans, that he'd be the justifier of those who are justified. Not you, not me. No sons of Adam, no daughters of Eve. Christ justifies us and he's coming for us. And it's a triumphant life, it's a victorious life. So we can say like Paul, I do not count my life dear to me, nor do these things going on move me, that I can stay on course and complete the race that he has set before me. And that is the good news of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.